Hello, and welcome to the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are back on Catechism Saturday after a short hiatus with a couple bonus book clubs. And don't worry, have a few more bonus book clubs to look forward to over the next couple of months. But we are back with Catechism Saturday, and we will be starting with the Belgic Confession written by Guy or Guido de Bray in 1561. He was a Dutch Reformed preacher. And if you know, this is one of the three forms of unity, along with the Heidelberg Catechism and the Canons of Dort. Heidelberg, which we just went through, written by Zacharias Ursinus, all 52 Lord's Days. You guys can find all of those episodes in our archive. And the next one that we'll be going through is the Canons of Dort, after the Belgian Confession. If you guys know the five points of Calvinism, those are popularly known as a summarization, a very brief summary of the Canons of Dort. And before we start this episode, make sure you guys have listened to Monday's episode, number 20, Covenant and Recent Theology, with Dr. J.V. Fesco of RTS Jackson. Talked a little bit about of the recent theologians some of the recent covenantal trends of recent years. And Thursday's book club, again with Dr. J.V. Fesco. So you guys got a double dose of J.V. Fesco in the same week on his brand new book, Adam and the Covenant of Works, published by Christian Mentor. And like I said, we'll be going through Belgian Confession. We start today with Article 1 with the title, The Only God. And here's Article 1. We all believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that there is a single and simple spiritual being whom we call God, eternal, incomprehensible, invisible, unchangeable, infinite, almighty, completely wise, just, and good, and the overflowing source of all good. So if you heard a little bit of similarity in the beginning of this, it's very similar to Romans said, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. So Guido is picking up some of this language. And what he picks up next was simple and single spiritual being or single and simple spiritual being. You want to think single, kind of like the Shema, the hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, he is one from Deuteronomy 6. There's only one God. But three persons, is Article 8 on the Trinity later on, we'll talk about. And that simple spiritual, it basically means there's no parts to God. There's no, he's not made up of puzzle pieces. He is what his attributes are. You don't just add a little bit of holiness, add a little bit of justice, and well, bam, you have God. He is his attributes. And the spirituality refers as having no shape or form to distinguish himself from the son who has a physical form, a true human physical form. And this eternal means both having no beginning and no end. And he separates this from infinity or infinite, as we'll talk about later. This incomprehensible, many think this refers to our inability to learn about God. We can't comprehend him. Or the folly, the foolishness of trying to put him in a box, not trying to. I'm sure you guys have heard some of this before. But it positively or actually refers to the breadth and width of the knowledge of him. We will never exhaust 
our understanding, our knowledge of him, never exhaust him. That's what makes him incomprehensible. We can't comprehend the fullness of who God is. That's a good thing. And invisible, similar in concept to spiritual, invisible means he has no body. For if God had a body, he would not be omnipresent everywhere at once, which again is different than Jesus, who was not and still is not omnipresent in his humanity. And unchangeable, we know exactly what we're going to get with God. And throughout redemptive history, the attributes and character of God stay the same. And this infinite, again, a little bit different than eternal. It's a slightly different nuance from eternal, earlier stated, talked about. Infinite means there's no boundary. And as the next term in the list further describes, all his attributes are unbounded. There is no cap to who he is. You can almost replace infinite with perfect. And then this, this almighty, it's God. God's not just quantitatively more powerful than anything else, as if you can put God and everything else in power on this little scale, but he's qualitatively more powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do within his own character. And completely wise, everything God does is both the result of and inextricably linked to his wisdom. We hear of the wise man in Proverbs in the first two Psalms, and we know we're infinite wisdom found. He does everything because he is wise. It is the fountain of who he is. And just, both of what God does and who God is. God not only does what is just, but he does justly because he is in and of himself just. And God's good, not just perfectly just, but also perfectly good. This justice and his goodness work in complete and perfect harmony. His proclamations are for the best good because he is good. And his justice leads toward the good. He makes good because he himself is good. And he's an overflowing source of all good. It's almost like Guy Debray can't help himself after this long list and says he's, he, he causes all things to be good later on because God is himself good. All that he does is good. Reminiscent of Romans 8, 28 to 30. God is good and works all things for good for those who love him. Assuredly, those who love him are those whom he has called, justified, and glorified. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Belgic Confession, Article 1 on the only God. We covered a couple attributes of God in this first article. And make sure you guys tune in this coming Monday for the beginning of Part 3 of Season 3, Theological and Collateral Studies. And Nick and I will discuss the ancient Near Eastern backgrounds of covenants, how the environments how the water that they were going through, the air that they breathed, the contrast that they made, the relationships, everything, all that they did was influenced by the environments. And God accommodates to the people, writes these commandments, covenants with his people in a way that they understand. And they understand because they're in this environment. We'll talk about some of these things 
as it relates to Covenant. And next Thursday, this coming Thursday, on the Septuagint, published by Crossway with Dr. William Ross of RTS Charlotte and Dr. Greg Lanier of RTS Orlando. We recently had Dr. Lanier to talk about his book, Corpus Christologicum, which had a couple of some of these texts, but also Dr. William Ross towards the end of season two to talk in general about his study in the Septuagint. So we'll talk about his and Dr. Lanier's cooperated work on the Septuagint's with an extra giveaway that we have not talked about yet. And you guys won't want to miss this episode, talking about the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And also stay tuned for next Saturday. We'll have another bonus book club with Dr. Rebecca McLaughlin to talk about her most recent work, Confronting Christianity, as well as, as, well as the teenage counterpart to this book, 10 Questions Every Christian should ask. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What we have coming up, we will see you next week.